The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves it's never too late to make history. I'm Gabe Lussier, and today we're looking at a watershed moment in the gay rights movement, the day when the largest psychiatric organization in the world issued a second opinion on what it means to be gay. As a warning, today's episode includes discussion of sexuality and aversion therapy, which may not be appropriate for younger listeners. The day was December 15, 1973. The American Psychiatric Association reversed its stance on homosexuality, declaring that it is not a mental illness. Same-sex attraction had been largely ignored by Western medicine until the 20th century, and when it was finally discussed, it was generally treated as a mental disorder or disease. These classifications were rooted in the widely held belief that sexual orientations, besides heterosexuality, were abnormal and therefore something that needed to be cured or fixed. This societal view owed more to religious doctrine than to science, but it was written into medical textbooks and reference manuals just the same. In the case of the American Psychiatric Association, or the APA, it was written into the first edition of the group's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, published in 1952. That manual, known as the DSM-1, was created to define and organize the list of known psychiatric diagnoses and to give mental health professionals recommendations on how to treat them. 
the first DSM labeled homosexuality as a, quote, sociopathic personality disorder and prescribed a variety of potential treatments, nearly all of which would be deemed inhumane today. Throughout the 1950s and 60s, many psychiatrists prescribed methods such as chemical castration, brain surgery, and electric shock therapy in a misguided attempt to cure male homosexuality. The most common form of this aversion therapy involved showing patients pictures of nude men accompanied by a jolt of electricity. The doctors thought that by linking same-sex attraction with pain, they could rid the patient of his homosexual desire. Then, at the end of each session, the patient would be shown a picture of an attractive woman without an electric shock, in an attempt to retrain his libido. In addition to these degrading and ineffectual methods, many doctors also served as medical experts in legal trials, branding gay people as sexual deviants and promoting the idea that they were unfit to care for children or to work in sensitive fields such as security or intelligence. These hostile opinions, backed by the APA's classification of homosexuality, were used to justify discrimination in the workplace and to diminish gay people's standing in society. When the DSM-2 was published in 1968, it still listed homosexuality as a mental disorder, but it was now categorized as a sexual deviation rather than as a sociopathic personality disorder. That softening of language can likely be attributed to two factors. The first was research conducted by doctors and advocates who disputed the idea that gay people were sick. And the second was the emerging gay rights movement of the late 1960s. The Stonewall Uprising in New York City marked a major milestone for gay rights activists. It showed the police and the government that attempts to criminalize their love lives and shut them out of public places wouldn't go unchallenged. And following the success of that demonstration, gay activists turned their attention to the APA, another form of authority that contributed to their persecution. Between 1970 and 1972, there were a number of tense confrontations between activists and psychiatrists at the annual meetings of the APA. Demonstrators such as graduate student Charles Silverstein would interrupt the lectures held at those events and tell the audiences the ugly truth about aversion therapy, something which they believed amounted to torture. The public scrutiny that resulted from these encounters led the APA to invite Silverstein and his peers to submit a report to the organization's nomenclature committee, the group in charge of updating the DSM. When they presented their findings, Silverstein took the committee to task for the suffering that psychiatry had inflicted on gay people. What we hope to convey to you, he said, is that we have paid the price for your past mistake. Don't make it again. The following year, the board of the APA recommended the removal of homosexuality from the DSM. The matter was put to a vote at the 1973 convention, and 58% of the 10,000 psychiatrists in attendance voted in support of the removal. 37% voted to retain its listing as a mental disorder, and the remaining 5% abstained from voting. The resulting resolution, issued on December 15th of that year, said, quote, We will no longer insist on a label of sickness for individuals who insist that they are well and demonstrate no generalized impairment in social effectiveness. The statement went on to say that the APA supports, quote, 
civil rights legislation at local, state, and federal levels that would ensure homosexual citizens the same protections now guaranteed to others. The APA also supports and urges the repeal of all legislation making criminal offenses of sexual acts performed by consenting adults in private. That said, it's worth noting that the APA didn't fully remove homosexuality from the DSM. Instead, as a concession to opponents, the wording was changed to sexual orientation disturbance. In other words, being gay in itself was no longer considered a mental disorder. But if a person was uncomfortable or in conflict with their homosexuality, they were deemed mentally ill. This distinction led to continued controversy, and it took two more changes until homosexuality was removed from the DSM altogether. Today, the American Psychological Association states that, quote, psychologists, psychiatrists, and other mental health professionals agree that homosexuality is not an illness, a mental disorder, or an emotional problem. Homosexuality was once thought to be a mental illness because mental health professionals and society had biased information. The APA's declassification of homosexuality was a vital step in removing the cruel societal stigma surrounding gay identity. And while that work is far from over, reflecting on victories of the past instills hope for more to come in the future. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.